0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 74 of Casting the Net. This is a continuation from last week, talking about kids and the faith. And this episode is just as important, if not more important, in my opinion, than the last episode. And I have a feeling they're just gonna keep getting better. In this episode, though, they talk about the data. What does the data show us about keeping kids in the faith? It continues on about how parents are key How we need boundaries and standards set for ourselves and for our kids. How kids respond best when they know that they are loved. How they are very in tune to fraud. So us parents must be authentic. How kids must feel that they can approach us as parents. And how parents must be warm and loving, but still consistent in our faith, in living as examples of the faith. And how parents need to ask the church leaders when they need help. So another great episode, Casting the Net.
1: Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Friends, we are back. We are Casting the Net, Father Dave, with Rick. And uh, Rick, I gotta say, the last episode um has kept me thinking and thinking and thinking
2: me too has I me mean, it has no yeah. I, you know I, I i think it's it's one of the salient important questions of our of our of our time I mean, if there is an ache that I hear
1: consistently across the board yeah. it's the ache of a parent and sometimes a grandparent mm that the faith isn't being practiced generationally. And especially those parents or grandparents that did everything the church told them to do. Mm -hmm. They sacrificed and sacrificed considerably for Catholic schools when public counterparts were very good, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't some situations that we have today with central city school districts and Catholic schools being substantially better. Um, they made sure that the sacraments were received. Mm. They went to mass. Mm. They participated in the life of the parish. And um, the heartache that sadly is expressed by so many parents over children, and then their children's children, not participating in the faith. And it bothers me, too. Mm. It bothers me, too. Yeah. And so we were talking last time. Really, we launched into a conversation from an article that you had brought to my attention, uh, that had been written, I think a couple of years ago.
2: I say, did you ever get the date on that? I, I thought I, it I was never two, bothered to look. It I think up, it's but... 2001. I have a copy of the article here, but
1: I don't. Yeah, it's 2001, but I don't okay. know what month. But the idea was how. <clears throat> what is the data that this author sought to be able to? understand how American religious parents approach the task of handing on religion to their children. Not how to do it, but rather how is it done? Yeah. And look, mind statistical data to be able to put together the portrait to that answer. Mm -hmm. Right? And we talked last week how the number one finding is the influence of parents. Yeah.
2: yeah. Further thoughts about that before we launch into more parts of the article? Yeah, I, I think it's worth pointing out. And, and the author, Christian Smith, yeah, he's, he's a sociologist at Notre Dame. He, uh, he issues this caveat to, you know, life, life is complex. And you just sort of alluded to it in, in the setup to what we're about to talk about. I mean, you could do everything right. Like all the, all the seemingly correct variables may be in place. Yes. And things may still not go yes. the way you want because life is, is messy. And there are other influences in your kids' lives. Yes. Um, and so there are no guarantees. It's just that he's found, uh, Dr. Smith has found, that um, one, one of the most important variables and, and almost a constant in the lives of those kids who've retained the faith of their childhood into adulthood is parents who were conscious and intentional about transmitting that faith to their, yeah. their children.
1: Yeah. Right. And those the, the, the two major features or attributes, dispositions of the parents, right? Mm-hmm. One attribute being, and this isn't in order of or priority at all. They're, they're interdependent realities mm-hmm. that there is, there are standards that are set there are boundaries that are clear. there's authority that is practiced uh, not in a tyrannical or maniacal way mm. but here are the rules and the rules are to be followed at home and that doesn't just pertain to religion right that, that's no, across the board in yeah, family
2: life that's parenting 101 that's parenting 101
1: yeah. yeah right i recall i recall a time right now my my grandfather who really was a saint my dad's mom a wonderful wonderful man hard labor of many years and sacrificed uh, greatly for the benefit of others in his own family without ever drawing attention to himself. Mm. Really love the man, admire the man, ask for his intercession. Mm. There was one time, I don't know if I was in college or high school, but dinner was served at that time. Mm. And I opted to be late. <laughs> fashionably late <read>. and he <laughs> in no uncertain terms told me the time that dinner always starts yeah. for everyone who will be having dinner yeah. and at first i was i was disappointed you know because i i let him down and i realized that authority and those rules mm-hmm. were expressed to me actually with love and kindness mm-hmm. and we need boundaries. We need standards. The parents and the grandparents that want to have high popularity ratings with their child are not helping their children to yeah. grow and to develop in the faith or as human people. Right,
2: right. No, kids, without a doubt, kids respond best when they know they're being held to high standards because they're loved. Um, and, and that's that's why those two facets that um, the Christian Smith outlines are, are both, they have to, they have to work in harmony. They have to to work in in concert. Yeah. There, there need to be clear standards. There also needs to be a warmth. Yes. um, That shows engagement and and, and forges connection. Yes. Um, And that's just, you know, I mean, discipleship in general. Yes. Um, You're, you're going to catch far more, interest in the faith, if, if you make it seem appealing, like if, if you make it seem as though it makes a difference to right. you, and if you actually care about the person you're, you're trying to to evangelize, yeah. and they can see that. Sure. And and young ones see through
1: it immediately.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> Any young kind ones, of
1: falsity. They
2: do. They're, they're very attuned to fraud. Um, and so what does that mean for us? Well, that means that we, we have to, it has to be authentic. Yes. like You can't fake it. We, we have to actually undergo conversion. Yeah. And there's, there's no ceiling in this life to conversion. Like in terms of closeness to God, yeah. we're, we are always growing Yes. or, or we're, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're regressing, regressing or yeah. we're stagnant, but um, there's no, there's no final, you know, finish line in this life right. to the extent to which we can conform to, to Christ and grow in holiness. Right. Um, so evangelization happens in us constantly first, and then you. Handed on to the kids. Yeah. So those two sides: uh, the
1: standard, the rules, the boundaries, the authority, clearly defined, and the warmth, uh, or yeah. the warm affectivity. Mm. I think the author calls it. Yeah. Uh, which for me also, it isn't a word he uses, but approachability. Mm. That the child and children desire to approach their parents. Yeah. With Questions, questions yeah. with concerns because it's safe to do so knowing that the parent cares about them, yeah. right? And so both of those are equally important to develop as parents.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How do we, how do we uh, promote uh, the children to present themselves? I mean, you're of course living in the crucible of a family with four children
2: mm-hmm. and how hard that is some days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. well establishing trust is key and that trickles down um if they can trust you with little things they they will trust you with great things uh to, to put sort of a, a spin on sure you know a biblical uh exhortation sure um yeah and, and that's that's what I think christian Smith's points really um direct us to is is fostering trust
1: yeah
2: I had a conversation recently with a, a classmate she was a classmate at Hillsdale with me um, and just, you know, for, for listeners who aren't familiar with it, it's it's a small liberal arts college. So I'm, I'm sure there are many who've never heard of it or are not familiar with it. But it's um, tends to be it, it's a pretty politically conservative school. Most students who go there are, are somewhere on the, the conservative political spectrum. This this particular person I was talking with the other day uh, was raised in a Protestant family, um, politically conservative. That uh, and she she was she she is no she no longer identifies as a Christian she huh. she uh, she abandoned the faith partly because of um, a heavy handedness I mean she attributes it partially to a heavy handedness from the parents there was no warmth or uh, hmm. you know effective connection right. they were heavy on the um, the the dictates and the the establishments of Where compliance was that, the demonstration right. yeah. of love yeah. yeah. She's also extremely um, put off by a lack of consistency, or what she thought was a lack of consistency in her parents. Um, hmm. What they what they claim to believe, um, juxtaposed against or juxtaposed with how they live their lives. Yeah, um, and this is. I've read a few articles that have. Um, identified this issue with other, I don't, I, I would imagine it's a problem in, 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 Catholic circles as well, but especially evangelical Protestant circles, yeah. um, parents who, um, espouse things to their children. And now as children, Yes. I'm sorry, now as adults, Yes. they look back and see that their parents <clears throat> haven't remained faithful to what they claimed yeah. was true and what yeah. they claimed was real. Um, so we may want to throw that in there as well, you know, uh, a consistency, um, you know, belief-influencing, belief-directing practice. Oh, sure.
1: And the author will point out in his findings that it is the consistency in ordinary living, the consistency in daily living. Yeah. So how is the faith that might be practiced in worship on Sunday, how is it impacting decision-making, conversation, Mm -hmm. um, deliberations? choices that are made by the family. Yeah. Not that it's an overly religious vocabulary that fills the home at all, right? but are we seeing moral standards that are um, discussed on Sunday, practiced on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Those sort of features uh, the author brings out
2: are crucial for the demonstration of integrity, mm-hmm. which is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And that's not to say that um, this particular friend was was right in leaving the faith. That that's not my my claim at all. But um, sure. certainly the parents um, could mm-hmm. have and should have done better in uh, in, uh, in in the formation of their their child in this case. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, it saddens me when you tell me the story here of the friend who, yeah. because the that isn't the only option for her to have chosen. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes disappointment can fuel, uh, you know, greater,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: greater searching.
2: That's right. And, and I, I, you know, without delving too far into it, I, I get the sense that there was some trauma involved. Um, and so that, that uh, elicited a very strong reaction against that, which she thought was, was dramatic. Right. So. If we can somehow
1: help to elevate, Parents. And when I'm saying elevating here, I'm not talking about performance, Rick. Mm. I'm talking about confidence mm. that, my goodness, what you're doing is the most important thing as a galaxy. Yeah. As I look across the table at you, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. Because done well, everything else has a chance. Mm-hmm. Done poorly, nothing's got a chance. Mm-hmm. It's just done. And how do we as church, in this particular instance, I look at church over the years, and over the years would be my time in ministry. And, and tragically, I think time and again, um, many parishes, including some where I've served, and at earlier stages of my own priestly life and ministry, I, I think we had it backwards. Mm. I think that there was a there was a concerted effort, at least when I first started, for hyperactivity in the parish. All sorts of all sorts of Opportunities to be involved in a variety of things,
2: mm-hmm.
1: most of which had a strong social orientation to them, social as opposed to catechetical or, or devotional. Or, okay, all right, devotional. Uh, that's what I was thinking more. Nothing bad about that no, at I'm all, sure. at all. But the parish became a surrogate parent. The parish seemed to become more and more responsible for the role of transmitting the faith Mm. and what Christian Smith gives to us
2: and others is the parent is irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. I was really talking about strengthening domestic churches. I mean, that's a term you've used quite often. And 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 John
1: Paul is frequently. And it's, uh,
2: it's apt. It's an appropriate expression. Um, But, you know, left left to its own devices or left alone without support, the, the domestic church will, will collapse. Yes. You know, and so I think parishes need to, if, if they're really going to put their money where their mouth is um, and live in a way that's consistent with what the church has held about right. family life and about parenting, it needs to invest in structures that can support the domestic church. Amen. Amen. And in the parish
1: as a leader, how we need you as um, a leader in a domestic church, hmm. as a parent, as a father, to continually tell us that we need to help you. Yeah. Right. I mean, there definitely has to be a dialogue. That's, for sure. That's a given. There, there's a phrase, and I think I've used it in the podcast previously. I, I came across this phrase through a, different organization, and the comparison was a church that has been parish-centered, family-supported, which I'm talking about my own coming of age as a priest, I think was very much along those lines, Mm -hmm. Mm parish-centered, right? The hub of all the activity, and seemingly good, but suddenly who's transmitting the faith? Right, And the parents more and more often became accustomed to that just sort of, I guess, happening mm-hmm. through the activities that were taking place at church. But that transformation to a family-centered, parish-supported, family-centered, parish-supported, that's the domestic church. Mm-hmm. That's the church of the home. Whatever the home looks like, single parent, right. you know, dual parent, how do we as parish and as, how do I as a pastor and as a priest Um, have that focus to be able to try to provide devotional, apostolic, worship, catechetical, Mm -hmm. social opportunities time and again that will help to grow, fortify, and develop the family. Yeah,
2: yeah. And and I say invest in structures. I I don't necessarily mean throwing more money at the issue. I mean, that doesn't have to be the problem, although... Mm -hmm. Have to be the solution, although sometimes the problem is not having, um, you know, not being able to pay the right people to, to come. Yeah, sure. Out. But um, it can be as simple as you know families gathering together for those catechetical opportunities, those yeah. devotional opportunities. Um, I I think just in my experience with you as as, as my pastor, you've been really good at, um, at trying to network and connect families. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there are other priests out there doing that as well. and, and it doesn't have to be on the priest. Yeah. You know, families can take the initiative and and, uh, and you know, um, establish those connections themselves. and they should. sure, they should. but um going alone for sure is a recipe for disaster and and, and maintaining the status quo obviously isn't enough either, right? Um, just because the the church is, emerging members, you know, and when the church makes the news, it's usually for bad stuff. Right. And what's always in the news. Yeah. What's, what's always in the news. Now the church is, is dwindling and and young people in particular aren't, um, aren't buying whatever it is. And there are
1: nefarious forces that are absolutely delighted. Sure. You know, they're gleeful with that in the, in the promotion of their own secular gospel.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But strength comes in unity of numbers. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, that, that, that's, Rooted in the reality of the inner life of God, right? Right. I mean, he's He's three and one. That's it. Bound in love, uh, an eternal giving of, of self going on within the the very life of God, and we're baptized into that. You know, I mean, which which means we're not just um, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a really feeble uh, <laughs> feeble <laughs> analogy, but it's 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 far more. Miraculous and robust than I think we we sometimes imagine it to be. We we're actually you know incorporated into the very life of God, and so that's that's our calling as right. well to be united in love, um, and that's where we where, where we draw our strength from. Yeah, Amen.
1: I, I I can't improve on that. To the degree that I'm aware of that, I'm going to flourish.
2: Yeah.
1: And when I forget that, I'm in dangerous territory. Friends, we're going to continue this conversation about. Handing down the faith or how the faith is um, transmitted. You know, we don't enter into the world with faith. It's something that's caught. It's something that's received. And that presupposes someone who is transmitting and giving. It's a really important conversation because the solutions don't lie externally. They lie internally with Christ in this reality that into whom we've been baptized. Thanks for joining us. We're going to continue the conversation next time. He's Rick. I'm Father Dave. We're casting the net. Friends, he's Rick, and I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for casting the net.